Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Shannick. And I'm Corey. And thank you so much for tuning in today. We really appreciate all of you who listen. And we would really appreciate if you would share this podcast and maybe choose a specific episode that maybe really blessed you or you really got a lot of help from us in and share that with a friend. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Post yeah. it on socials. We appreciate all the love and support. This week's question of the week is a doozy. You ready right, for this I'm one? I'm ready for it. It was asked by our man, Cody Tevis, if you walked into a room with every person you've ever met, who would you look for first? Anyone that I've ever met in my life. Ever met. Even a handshake. Ever met. Hmm. <laughs> Don't well, this is it. a This is a, yeah, it's a tough question to th- really think through and consider. I think for me, it would have to be um, my grandma called her nanny, uh, my dad's mom, and uh, she lived next door to us growing up, and uh, she was amazing and just had a heart of gold. And honestly, here's what I remember most about my grandma is we would come home from school, and just like today, you know, my kids come home and they want an after-school snack. Like whatever it is, they feel Every like they time. have to eat as soon Every as they come in the time. door. Well, I figured out that if I got home, my mom would give me, you know, a simple snack or a piece of fruit or a few like animal crackers or something. But if I went next door to my grandma's when I got off the bus, oh, you want me to cook you a cheeseburger? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. And so I don't know, two or three days a week, I would get home off the bus and my grandma would cook me cheeseburgers and I would sit there <laughs> Just be uh, fat and happy and loving it. And I would just go up to her if I walked into a room and I would just give her the biggest hug and I would just say, thank you for loving me so well. What did you call your grandma? Nana? Nanny. Nanny? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Nanny just over here making you four course meals for snacks. <laughs> that just, I don't know why I found it so funny. I, I know died. I'm kind of crying laughing about it too and maybe a little emotional, but uh, I mean, I've seen pictures of you growing up. There's a reason why. Huh? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Granny's yeah, over she, here cooking uh, you a fifth meal before I know. Taco she passed Bell. away my, uh, my senior year of high school. And uh, I love that she got to come to uh, just a few of my basketball games too, my yep. senior year and uh, the year we won the Christian school state championship and uh Which she is passed not a away state championship but um it is but <laughs> it's a thing but not a thing if you know what i mean the fact that it's a thing but um yeah she passed away shortly after that but uh man yeah just love her to death and if i walked into a room anyone that i've ever met and not that i've met like some amazing famous people or something but even if i have i'd pass them all up and find my grandma you ready? what about you for me it's my wife come on <laughs> i was waiting for you to come on the disappointment man i just love my wife more than you love yours I guess so. The fact that you didn't even, I'm just kidding. Like, yeah, it can't be your wife or your kids. How about we put a boundary around it? Fair enough. Although I'd want to, wait, now that you said kids, I'm very curious as which kid would you look for? Do you have a favorite? I said the the kids are off limits. I know. Do you have a favorite? I'm putting you on the spot. (laughs) No, I don't. Based on your facial expressions? Oh, BS. No, I do. Honestly, and you know my kids. What's crazy is all four of my kids they are so different. All different. I mean, you couldn't have picked more different personalities, body types, interest, all like all four. Literally, there are no two of them alike. I like know. it is crazy how different they all are. It's funny. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, maybe you. Oh, really? Come on, dude. Bro, well, come so, on. What's the, I wish we had some soundtrack music. <laughs> <laughs> probably, here, my, probably, probably my dad. 
Yeah, that's cool. And my mom's going to be so offended because she's the one that actually listens to this podcast. She's going to call me and be like, I can't believe it was your dad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, th- there's a lot of different people depending on depending on what it is. And Yeah, I don't know. I was asked this question like three weeks ago and we talked about it and I don't know how to answer it because yeah. there's so many people. Okay, what about the celebrities I met? What about the people that I'm curious of having conversations with? Yeah. There's there's just some security. I, I joked about you, but yeah, you bring a lot of security to my life, and even my dad. Like, there's just that trust. Yeah. So, so. you want to go say, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah. Give what me a up? smack on the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Come on. So what are we talking about today? So we're actually going to be talking about some leadership things. It's the beginning of the year. We uh, we're both in leadership roles. We both learned from great leaders, some not so great leaders. We have a lot of perspectives on this. There's a lot of great resources out there for people. I think leadership is one of the like most well-written on subjects in the country, yeah. in the world. Not only most well-written, probably just the most written you know, subject. thing or subject yeah. out there is leadership you know, you and leadership principles. Brené Brown's book, you know, the- uh, Dare John, to Lead, is that what it is? Dare to Lead, yeah. Uh, John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws, the Q, uh, uh, the Question Behind the Question book, phenomenal book, Who Ate the Cheese? All, all these books that yeah, Simon Sinek, Simon Sinek, Leaders Eat Last, a Good to Great. You can go on and on and on. And Seven that's just off the top. Of highly effective yeah, people. That's just off the top of our heads. I'm pretty impressed with all the leadership right. books. Yeah, me too. That we've written, but we kind of just want to go you that know, we've read. Or that not we've written. read. Yeah, we have. Maybe you them. need to write a leadership. I, book. I will be. Here or maybe soon. maybe I do. Maybe maybe a little bit of both. But little leadership 101, talking about some things that we think are really important for leadership and for leaders. And the two most important things before you can go anywhere else are found in two words, sonship and followship. Right. Because I really believe that before you get to a place of leadership, you have to be able to get the first two right, sonship and followship. So today's podcast, what we'd like to do is just go through those two ideas. Let's talk about what they are. And that way it'll set up the rest of the month, I think, very well for us to go into some leadership principles. So let's start with with sonship and what we mean by sonship. And we also want to let everyone know that as we say the word sonship, um, women, you are included in that. It mm-hmm. is a all gender inclusive word when we say um, sonship. Right. And if guys can be known as the bride of Christ in scripture, you ladies, you can be known about as sons. Yeah. So, but if you don't like that, you can say daughterhood, whatever, Whatever. but, but we're calling it, um, we're calling it sonship. And of course, um, I feel like one of the best things that I've learned in my time here at Hill city is this idea of sonship and learning it from really my dad and just seeing how he, how he interacted, how he led. And it's something that I've wanted you know, to follow because my dad's always been someone who not only has really appreciated me and the gift that I carry, but he's even honored that even though he held a position of authority over me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really just even think about Jesus. And, and when we talk about sonship, here's what you have to understand. So Jesus, um, Matthew chapter three, at this point in his life, um, this was before he started his ministry before he even, um, you know, did a miracle before he did you know, turned water to before wine, he did anything. really anything. I mean, it says the only thing we have up until this point in his life is he was 12 years old, found in the temple teaching, mm-hmm. um, just one place in scripture, but we don't hear anything else about Jesus, which, 
you know, it's it's a little kind of crazy. And I've, I've always wondered why, like, we haven't and we didn't hear anything about Jesus during his, like, teenage years, <laughs> like what that would have been like. Um, but But in this moment in Matthew chapter 3, he goes and he says to John the Baptist, I must be baptized by you. So he goes down to the Jordan. He gets baptized. He comes up out of the water. And in this moment in Scripture, um, as it's telling the story, it said that a dove appeared and a voice from heaven, which was his father, said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Yep. And again, this was before he did anything. anything. He got secure in his identity and who he was. Yep. And that's why it goes on the very next chapter. He was, you know, tempted, tested. And all of these tests were about if you are the son, like the test, that identity that was just spoken, spoken over him from his father. And so really sonship to me is resting in your identity and who you are. Yeah. And let me just add one word to that, your permanent identity. So your identity doesn't fluctuate. It is permanent in Christ, whether you're aware of it or not. And this is why we talk about the importance of believing, because if you're not aware that your identity is perfected in Christ, you won't ever live from that place of knowing your identity is perfected in Christ. And this produces all kinds of confidence because it's not confidence in yourself or what you have to offer or your skills or gifts. It's confidence in who you are, that you are a perfected son of the most high God. And if you don't know this identity, so many different things will cause you to question yourself, question your abilities, question your leadership, question everything in, in, in your marriage, all yep. those types of relationships. And so this is why identity identity is so important because I, I like to use this B word, belonging. Discipleship is one of those words that I actually don't like yeah. in the Christian world. Discipleship is about learning how to belong. Sonship is learning and recognizing that you already belong. Yep. And Say so that. everything comes from a place of belonging. And it's again, it's not dictated on your behavior even. Like, okay, you might do some stupid stuff. It has never once shifted God's view of you, God's purpose for you. This that that is a permanent reality. And when we catch that, man, it produces this confidence that really you're unstoppable because you are. Yeah. And I think uh and that just brought something to my mind. So when I was getting my masters from Southern Seminary, I got a master's in leadership and uh my final paper dissertation or whatever you want to call it that I submitted was all about how uh, the church should stop using the word discipleship and stop trying to make it a model. Mm. Because as you continue after Jesus, right, he had disciples, but you get to Paul and Paul, instead of using like this classroom language, like this teacher and student kind of relationship, he now includes and start, starts using verbiage of family and it's very familial. And he starts using words like your brother, sister, your spiritual mother, your spiritual fathers. I love it. And so we got to get out of this mindset because what do you think about when you think about discipleship? Yeah. You think about a bunch of people sitting in a classroom, learning from one person. Here's what you have to do. Yeah. It's forced. Instead of like, and we have that idea, but even when we look at Jesus with his disciples and as he was pouring into, I would say his spiritual sons, right? The 12. Uh, it was very much more just life. Mm -hmm. Let's do life together. And then along the way, we'll experience some amazing things. And we'll talk about spirituality and yeah. it won't be forced. And, and it'll be in casual conversations. Yeah. Things will happen. They're walking along and literally they, they see like a mustard tree and it has mustard seeds. And Jesus uses that as they're just doing life to illustrate faith of a mustard seed. Like mm -hmm. it isn't like, Hey, 
I need to go get it and bring it back to the classroom. Let's sit down and I'm going to teach you about this thing called faith. No, it was just active in their life as they just did life together yep. and flowed day in, day out, week in, week out. And so, yeah, so I, I said, I don't like the word discipleship. I think we should stop it and we should move more to a sonship yeah. model. Yeah, and I think that's just so important. You said um, it's not about being taught. And we both would agree that education is important and sitting in a classroom to a degree is important. But everything in the life of Jesus is caught, not taught. And we heard that our whole life in yeah. ministry and in the, the classroom. Yeah. And that's so, so that's why I'm so frustrated with the church today and yeah. where we're at. And the reason why we're trying to bring cha change and shifts to the church is because it has been a model of come in, sit in a seat and listen to a person. Yeah teach you everything that we think you need to know. And then that's what we call church Yeah. instead of no, you are the church. You don't come to church. Let's go out and serve together. Let's go out and have conversation as we do life together. Things will happen and we get to learn and challenge each other. And that is, I believe what a life lived following after Jesus should look like. I love it. And, and if I can just keep on with this, you know, I, I was reminded, matter of fact, just this morning, um, as I was thinking about just some different leadership stuff. And the reason why we say it has to start with sonship and our identity also is because of what Paul said in Ephesians 2.10. And I love this verse. It's a go-to verse. And really what this verse says, it says, um, for you are God's masterpiece mm -hmm. created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for you to do. That's the verse. And if we can dissect that just for a minute, that verse starts, right? It's four sections, but it starts with, you are God's masterpiece, mm -hmm. period, right? It's the Greek word poema, which is where we get our word poem. Like it's this beautiful spoken word, spoken from a place of emotion. And it really can be um, understood that the father has so much joy over you that he speaks an amazing word that is you. Yep. And I love that, uh, that mindset and getting that identity that we are a masterpiece and what you were saying, we're already prefer perfected. We are already loved and valued and worthy and uh, you know, whatever you want to say, we're, yep. we're already all of those things. Yep. And so we have to get that identity piece, but then it, after we understand who we are, then we have to understand who he is, right? You are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. Like we were created in him. And so let's look at Jesus in his life. What attributes does he carry? How did he live? Because the attributes that he carries, guess what? You carry those same exact things, yep. right? God was his father. We have a father. He's our brother. So we are sons and daughters of God just like he was. I love it. And so created in Christ Jesus. So then we get the identity piece down. Then it naturally flows into your God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Okay. It's one thing to know your identity, but we have to start walking out our responsibility as that son mm -hmm. from our, from our identity that we actually are um, responsible for establishing kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in every area of our life and every area of influence and so we walk out the leadership principles, but then at the end of the day, it's a lot less about us than we think it is because that verse ends with, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's already been prepared for you. You just got to walk in it and live it out. Yeah. And it's not some pressure you have to put on yourself. It's just flowing and being in step with the spirit and following after Jesus intently. And I, that's just, 
I think the first start of this idea of, okay, you want to become a better leader. Let's focus on you, your health, your healing, your view and perspective of yourself first. Yep. Half facts. Facts. I love, I mean, everything you just said, nothing to add. Honestly, you and I, we could talk about sonship and identity all day long. We could do a thousand episodes on it because it's unending. The, the biggest thing, and then we'll transition into the second part is why we're so frustrated with church and religion is because religion will have you striving for things that are already yours. Yep. And that's that identity piece. And so once you know your sonship, it goes into the second most important thing before you can even walk out in leadership is in order to be a great leader, you have to be a great follower. Yep. I think for me, man, this idea of followership is huge. And so I know you already mentioned like leadership is probably the subject that more books have been written on it than anything else. Yeah. And you go to any bookstore, like, if, is that even a thing anymore? Kind of. Maybe. Online <laughs> or go to Amazon, Amazon. Yeah. And type in leadership books. You will have the choice. I guarantee you. And I haven't done this of over probably 10,000 books at your disposal. Go to Amazon and type in anything about how to follow. Yeah. How to be a good follower. Followship. You, there might be one or two books out there. And it might be dog water. Compared to tens of thousands. <laughs> and so this idea of fellowship is huge, but I really do believe in, in, in order to be a good leader, you have to first learn how to be a good follower. And what I mean by this too is honestly following after Jesus and having the perspective that it's more about him and his life and what he has for you than maybe even what you want for yourself. And I know that's kind of hard to say and it's hard to swallow, but I do believe it's the truth. And there's a story in Matthew chapter eight um, where Jesus is just walking with his disciples and a uh, Roman centurion soldier comes along and his servant is dying. And maybe he has, he had already died. He didn't know, but he tells Jesus like, Hey, the, he, man, I really care about my servant. Is there anything you can do? And Jesus actually asked him, Hey, do you want me to come to your house? Like I'll do that. And actually this guy stops Jesus and says, no, I don't need you to come. And this perked Jesus's ear. It, 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 you know, piqued interest. And he went on to say, the soldier said, for I am a man under authority and of authority. Mm -hmm. I have people that I submit to that I follow, but there's some people that are following after me and the people that follow after me, if I tell them to go here, they go there. If I tell them to, to come to this place, they come to that place. And the likewise, uh, or likewise with my servant, if I tell them something, do this or that, they do it. But also if someone tells me, because I'm, I'm, I'm learning that I'm under authority too, to do something, guess what? I do it. Yeah. And it said that Jesus marveled at this guy's faith. Matter of fact, other translations say he was amazed at their faith. There's only a couple places in scripture where it says that Jesus was amazed by faith. I think two, and this is one of them. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to say something he never said again in his ministry that we know of. He said, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. Crazy. Think about this. The, the disciples had been with him for a little bit of time and they had followed him. They had done a few things, um, you know, went out ministry trips, healing, that kind of thing. And Jesus is saying, there has not been anyone in all of Israel that has such great faith as this Roman soldier, which the the Jews thought that Romans, right, were dogs right. and lower class. And like, they don't understand they they, they might have authority over me, like in the natural, but our God's bigger and better. And they, that's why they were praying for the Messiah to come and all that stuff. But, but here in this moment, Jesus was marveled and 
he was marveled because this guy understood what it meant to lead was really how you can submit and follow. And I think from here throughout the rest of really the gospel, Jesus is really proving and pointing to the fact that it's about a life lived followed after Jesus and after him. And as we follow after him, then we can get to a place where people then maybe can follow after us. And then we get to a place of leadership. I love it. I mean, you, you hit it spot on. That was such a good, I'm like, wow. Yeah. What, what, like Paul said, um, well, we lead others as we're being led by Christ. Even Paul said, yeah, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. We're, we're all followers. No one's a leader. We're all followers. Right. And, once we learn this, it's it's really important because, in fact, the learner must, the learner has to, or the follower has to be active in the process of learning and following, because remember, John and Judas had the same teacher. Yep. Ooh. And so we're responsible for the things that we learn, the thing, the person that we're following, and then how we lead. In fact, I, I talk about this in the in the book Stoker that I wrote. We talk about the five C's of personal growth and followership, and we're, I'm not going to unpack them all. Like in great detail, but the five C's are simply this is, is confidence is the first one, character, compassion, courage, and lastly, commitment. And, and these five C's really, you know, confidence goes back to your identity as, right. as knowing a, who a you are, of hold God. your head up yeah. high. Yeah. No, no. My confidence comes from who I am in Christ and no one else's opinion, whether good or bad. My yeah. character um, character is one of those big things. Cause I, I think there's that famous thing, like the difference between character and integrity is like what you do when no one's looking type yeah, of thing. character is doing what right when doing what is right when no one is looking. I think I've heard that. Yeah. Like the attraction that you will gain from your confidence in Christ will give you opportunities to compromise your character. And I'll oftentimes want to be careful about this because we have such a harsh opinion about people in the, in the, in, especially in ministry world that fall morally. And it's like, it is so easy to sit back and have an opinion right. about someone who and fails morally when you've never been given that opportunity. Yeah. And or there are some shortcomings in your life, but that's just the thing about those kind of things in our life. Sometimes we are blind to our own shortcomings yeah. and our, our failures, but we're easy, easily able to point it out in other, others. Yeah. And, and compassion is one of those obvious things like, man, we should have compassion towards everyone. Even the people that we believe should know better when they fail. Yeah. Especially Christian leaders. And, and compassion is like the heart behind everything uh, that Jesus does. You know, you, you know that you're a compassionate person when your heart breaks for the same things that breaks the heart of God. So th- that's really, really important. Again, I think we did a whole episode on compassion and how it's the yeah. inner bowels and whatnot. Right. Courage. Uh, I mean, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible is David and Goliath and talking about how you deal with courage because, you know, Winston Churchill, he says, success is not final and failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. And so I, I think, you know, having that courage and lastly, a commitment, like staying committed to everything that you commit to and not flaking out. Now, I think that we have to learn the art of quitting because there's some things that you should quit in your life. And so not all quitting is failure. Not all quitting is you giving up. Sometimes it's really important for you to quit some things, but understanding what exactly you're committed to and, um, yeah, resting in that. Yeah. So like I, I just am thinking about, um, you know, the Galatians 6, 9, where it talks about, you know, do not, you know, um, give up. Like what can help me out here just for a second. You know what I mean? Oh, you want me to quote do not Galatians withhold. 6, yeah, I do. I know you know <laughs> it. I was like, wondering what yeah. you're going. It doesn't say do not give up. Yeah. Don't give up in, in, uh, wow. Now I've put on this. That's spot. okay. No worries. Hold on. This is, it's a commitment. 
Hold on. You know, do not grow weary in doing good, good for the proper, proper time. time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. up. Hey, see, say, I knew you have it. You just yeah. said you started with it, so it threw I know it off. instead of the last part. <laughs> yeah, or instead of the beginning, I said the last part. But uh, but honestly, that that's just it, and the commitment is huge because in our area of fellowship, it might be a longer season than you want. Oh, always. Before, it all, hold on, it always is a longer season than you want. Yeah. Well, uh, and honestly, I think it's a it's a thing that actually will go on for the rest of your life. I know for me, when I'm looking at different leaders that I value and that I let speak in my life, sometimes before I even allow them access to speak into my life in that relationship, I do want to know who, who are they following? Yeah. Who are they submitting to? Because if they're a person that is just a one man show, if there's a, they're, if they're a person that is, I know you mentioned confidence, but if they're so cocky or arrogant thinking that they have it all figured out and they don't need to submit or come under any authority, man, that, that might be a red flag there and you need Definitely. to be very careful. And Definitely so, a red flag. um, so for me, that that's just a huge thing on that commitment piece is you're going to be a follower the rest of your life. It's not like you get to a place now I'm in leadership. Like, like I'll just use my, me for an example, my experience. So I, I'm now lead pastor at Hill city, but it's not like I don't have people in my life that I don't still follow and allow them to right. speak into my life and allow them to challenge me. It isn't like I've gotten to some level or plateau where now I'm 10 years into leading and man, it's my, my word uh, against everybody's if I want it to be. And it's, I, I have the final say with everything. No, I understand what it means to, to follow after Jesus and to allow him ultimately to have the authority in my life to correct. Yeah. And I also think that every significant thing that God does, he does through relationship. And that's not just about the people you're over. It's also about who you're under and following. Yeah. And so uh, that's just a huge thing in my life. And I think you have to have both of these things, sonship and followership before you can get to leadership. Yeah. And honestly, this is one of the things that attracted me so much to you is not just who you're following. And there's a lot of people that you submit to and, you know, it's not dictator Shanik around here, even though we might joke about that sometimes behind your back. That's okay. I'm just kidding. That's not a joke. <laughs> it never happens. But even you're like someone like me who I'm obviously underneath you but you submit to me all the time in certain things. And it, it's you knowing your identity and being a follower yourself is what makes you yeah. so attractive to follow myself. Yeah. Or, if that made sense no, for me fine. to follow. And that's know? why the sonship piece is so huge because yeah. when you truly do know your identity and you're confident in that, you can allow yourself, um, to, uh, I'll say maybe scrutiny from others yep. and allow others. Hey, are, do I have blind spots? What's going on yep. here? Like what's, what's happening to my leadership? And so it's just uh, something that you have to understand. It's actually beneficial for you. Facts. Whenever you follow, one, know your identity, and two, you're, you're okay to be someone who follows, not just leads. Love it. So know your permanent identity in Christ. Again, it's permanent. And then get some people around you that you follow, that you should submit to, because you cannot lead unless you first follow. And with that, know as always, you're loved, and there's nothing you can do about it. 